Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Good evening, you beautiful people in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, slash Fargo, North Dakota. This is the Vikings territory breakdown for the 21st of April. I am your host, Joe Johnson, owner of PurplePTSD.com, VikingsTerritory.com, FranchiseTag.com, TheDraftBed.com, and a half-empty bed, dot real life. Um, I'm joined for the first time on this program by a man who needs little introduction. He's got many nicknames around our Slack, or at least my emails to him. The man, the machine, the MVP, the guy that gets every dream podcast guest that I've ever wanted, even though he's only been doing this for about six months and I've been doing it for what feels like Sir Dustin Baker, man. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, sir. So a couple of caveats there. Uh, the reason I get all the sweet guests is because of Bryant McKinney. Uh, I basically float a name to him, which is a Viking that either played with the team between 2012 or 2002 and 2011, or somebody that went to the University of Miami. He's like, oh yeah, I know him. We're, we're buddies. And I have to be careful what I say because he'll have the guests all lined up. And I'm like, whoa, we already had somebody slated for next week. And then um, the caveat about the machine is that uh, my gift, um, one of the few, is that I write fast. Uh, There are significantly better writers out there in the world, but uh, my brain operates fast. And I also have an addictive personality, so it just fits. Um, And, yeah, it's cool that you say no needs no introduction because a year ago, 14 months ago, nobody knew who the hell I was. And look at you now, man. <laughs> I know who you are. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing for you, but we often talk, we often talk about the that aspect of our, our collective brains. Um, we, we did a Zoom call. The first Zoom call we did a, a couple months ago um, where we kind of it was it felt almost like that scene from Step Brothers where it was like did we just become best friends? Um, but it was it was more creepy than that I think because it was like we went to the University of Minnesota at the same time, we both double majored, but we both had one major that we both took classes for at the same time. Probably were in the same classrooms because we were both night class guys. You know, get it out of the way, go once instead of five days a week. We even dated the same girl at some point. Maybe there's a set of fraternal twins out there uh, <laughs> writing and podcasting. Uh, one using a lot of commas, the other uh, getting really good guests. Uh, but you know, it's um, it's been that's, great working with you, man. That's oh, the tip right. of the iceberg. Then there's also there's also the Vikings fandom. There's mm-hmm. the political ideological affiliation and then there is the uh we're both recovered alcoholics or at least not recovered alcoholic i'm not sure if yours is alcohol or drugs it's it's both <laughs> I, I had to beat you at something man so yeah, yeah uh, you I know. Was, 
my story, I've been uh, in recovery or sober now for almost nine years. And uh, whenever I tell my story, I always say that I never had the courage to do drugs because, first of all, alcohol made me feel like a superhero. And yeah. that was all I, that's all I needed. And for me, I never wanted to be discovered as an alcoholic. And I therefore thought that if I dabbled into the stuff that you evidently did, then people could criticize me. But I thought in my twisted brain that so long as all I did was get drunk in excess every night nobody would bother me after a while after a while i bothered myself and i had to change but yeah so that's like eight parallels that are they're really and i've been sober for nine years too but the difference there for me was i was bad at hot doing it at home alone because i'm as people may have picked up on you know one or two times a month where i go into the comment section and lay the hammer down on somebody that says something that bothers me um I'm a confrontational person by nature, and so a lot of people were like, you got to pump the brakes on drinking. And so I said, I know the, the win-win solution there. I'll just take some Vicodin. You know, there's no drawback from it, no hangover. There's no you know, Facebook. You know, I'm not telling my great aunt to go to hell for some reason. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the story there. <clears throat> so, yeah, man, it's uh, – it's always fun to work with like-minded people and people that have similar life experiences, uh, good or bad. You know, it frames kind of the biggest addiction in our lives, which is these Vikings, which I don't really see the, what we get out of it, to be honest, at this point. But I should also introduce our second guest for the day. Back by popular demand, you were on actually the last two weeks because last week we replayed the episode you were on the week before. Um, people are just falling in love with, with Josh up in the, the Northern Minnesota area, Mr. Josh Fry. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> Got it. Uh, he is the uh, senior writer for all, uh, basically all of our sites at this point, Vikings Territory, PurplePTSD.com. He's one of the head honchos over at the DraftTeam.com. Or he was before he heard my life story and then started putting his resume on Indeed. Um, how you doing? Is he a drunk? <laughs> yeah. You're not a drunk? Not a drunk? You're not a drunk yet? Oh, no. I, I mean, I I don't have any of the life stories to share with you guys yet. But, I mean, I'm feeling kind of left out over here at this point. You're, nor- you're, you're normal. Okay, I got you. You're like my, yeah. my <laughs> who drinks a beer and then she's like, yeah, I'm good. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> How does yeah? How does that work? One. <laughs> um, you guys get excited for the draft or what? Or are you just, or are you at the point where you're kind of? And I, I want to start this question with Dustin because um, you got a lot going on, man. And we'll talk uh, about your site here in a second. But you've been covering basically every mock draft that pertains to the Vikings for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Josh, you have two, uh, but, but do you feel like you're still excited for the draft? I mean, I'm sure you are, but are you also kind of just ready for this thing to happen at this point? Um, I mean, if it was bumped up to tonight, miraculously, I'd be down for it. But no, I love I love this time of year. And the difference between two years ago and now is that I didn't write about it, but I still followed it to the utmost. I still read the same mock drafts and formulated my own opinions in my brain. I just didn't share them with anybody because I didn't think anybody cared. Uh, but now I have a, a platform to uh, you know, spew all of the knowledge and explain why so-and-so will or will not go to the team. So, yeah, I am uh, have the utmost excitement for it. I'm even going to it. Um, about two weeks ago, I saw that uh, 
it's free to get in. Few people know that you can go to the draft, and even when there's not a pandemic, you can go and be a part of the full full experience. This year, it's kind of yep. It's always free. It's always a huge party, and you just have to sign up. You know, be the first to sign up. So they came out with the regulations that said, hey, if you're vaccinated, you're willing distance. um, You know, you can sign up for these phases. Like they had, uh, I think all the stuff on night one is booked, and then round two was wide open. Round three, or excuse me, day three was wide open. So I looked at my wife and said, you know, we're both going to be vaccinated. Do you want to go to Cleveland? And she was like, you know, hesitant because it was like, Cleveland, are we allowed to do that stuff? And she was like, well, let me look at it. And we both checked with our, our managers at our daytime jobs and it, it was a go. And we, for our honeymoon, we went to Niagara Falls four years ago. And to get there, we had to fly into Cleveland. So we have sentimental ties to it oh. uh, as well. And people always joke about how nasty Cleveland is and all that. And I just don't understand it. It may not be as sizzling or as sexy. By the lake. <laughs> yeah. As like Manhattan or something, but there's nothing wrong with Cleveland. So yeah, I'm going to go. It sounds like you're working on trying to get me a, some sort of press pass, uh, but it'll be fun to be there and then also communicate to the folks what's going on. And when you say like um, day one is like, there's no availability, but day two and three, what does that pertain to? Like, are there? Oh, you uh, you go into the One Pass app on it's you know you download it from your Play Store, and um, it tells you the slots. You get like two or three hour slots. So by the time I got there, night number one was booked. Um, but then I got the second round in the morning, and then I created an account for my wife and got the the day three, so we could go twice. Uh, I think normally you can do that and be there, you know, be one of the, the idiots in the crowd like I wanted to be where you're screaming and uh, proclaiming the clip. The pick is awesome, even if you've never heard of the guy. Uh, but this year, I think it, the in theater attendance is limited to agents, players and family. Uh, but they've also teased that perhaps they'll let some folks in. I don't know how that works, but just being there in the building will be quite sweet. And uh, we're anxious to travel now that we're vaccinated and we'll still be responsible with masks and everything. But it's uh, it's a beautiful fit to get us out of the house finally. Yeah, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little jealous. It's gonna be. I mean, irregardless, it'll be good for the network. It'll be good, especially for the two new sites, FranchiseTag.com and, and TheDraftTeam.com, uh, that you're there. Uh, but you know, I have a strong feeling. You know, I use whatever equity I have, which. Who knows how much equity I actually do have, considering uh, my articles about Mike Zimmer every week. Um, but I don't think they're going to have uh, that many people actually there that are requesting press passes. If I learned anything from the Vikings, it's that they have a uh, – and the NFL, too. They kind of look down their nose at online-only entities unless those – online only only entities are nationally focused um joel joel Oberly, who does the show regularly uh used to have a press path when i first started working with him through a site called the sports post which was national but no one had ever heard of uh, it went out of business right after the super bowl in, in minneapolis but joe had a press pass in the super bowl like at it um and so i have a very strong feeling that you're going to get some access there and then you know maybe we'll get some like call and access on a local level, but people should really stay tuned to uh, both of those sites. Yeah, well, it, every day uh, moving forward, but especially as we build up to the draft. And 
I thought it'd be cool uh, to have you on now that you know franchise tagged is has started and we're hiring uh, all sorts of people to join and you know um, I think one of the ways that you really kind of put it um, introducing yourself is that you know you used to cover the team two years ago, let's say, uh, you had all these thoughts, probably posted them on Twitter or on any number of social media channels. Some people do it on Facebook or, or in Facebook groups. Some people go to Reddit and post these really great like, self-posts on Reddit, deep dive stuff. And that's fine, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I always uh, approach those people who I can tell kind of have a knack for um, – coming up with with concepts that aren't just spoon-fed from other articles and and communicating their point of view um, and and arguing in in a way that shows that they can can communicate what they're thinking. And I go to those people and say, well, do you want to make money doing that, Um, whether it's as a hobby or as a potential career? Um, And that's how I've had a lot of luck with hiring guys like you i mean it's uh, josh came to us through a job application um a guy kirby i found uh on reddit and i found i saw you on twitter and saw you arguing with somebody justin uh rather harshly but professionally which is kind of where i get lost <laughs> in the midway point it's just why i don't do it and i was like man this guy's good and so then i, I reached out to you and i was like you should write for us and you were like who's this dude uh, this sounds way too good to be true. Um, and, and so you, I think you nailed it when you said that. And so, you know, we're always looking for help. We're always looking for people. Franchise Hacked uh, is our biggest site yet. It's an NFL site. Um, uh, the draft team needs draft heads. Uh, Mini Ice, if you like talking about the NHL, the Minnesota Wild, hockey in general, we need a ton of people for that. And so people can always just go to the website, click on Contact Us, and, and submit a resume and, and find us that way. But I thought it'd be cool, um, Dustin, if you could kind of uh, go through Franchise Tagged, you know, what it's all about, how it's different, why you think people might like it. Oh, absolutely. Um, let me, I'll do that. And then I'll give you a little mini draft prediction before I got to hop off. Um, so, um, with you guys are still hear me, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. With, uh, with, with Vikings territory and purple PTSD back in November, I started to have a phobia that I was going to run out of topics to, uh, so, or just basically to suffice my appetite, uh, because, Back then, I thought, God, there's only a couple things, one thing I can write for per day. So I needed another idea. And I thought, well, if I could just write about the whole NFL, because naturally I follow all that, whether it's watching the games or playing fantasy football, I, I just know all this stuff. So I, I came to Joe and said, hey, well, can we build a national website? And he said, yeah, I think we can. And I said, let's call it the NFL Trend Zone. And we were going to do that. And we figured out that had already been purchased. So we pivoted to franchise tagged, and that was available. And, yeah, I wanted a place to write about all things NFL. And I knew that my story, uh, you know, the ascension to being a voice uh, was really cool, but it didn't have to be exclusive to me. So I started finding men and women that followed the sport uh, can write and said, hey, send me about 150 words of how you write. And if I like it, then we're going to sign you up. And then that's, I've done that to the tune of about, I think it's 16, 17 men and women right now, and it's growing. And it is a open place 
I let people pick their own topics so long as they're not like, blah, blah, blah is my favorite player. And here's why I don't want that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I want to know, you know, who are the power rankings of the best receivers in the AFC East? And if you can explain to me why, bada bing, uh, you, you can write all about that. And that's unique to us because even though I've only been doing this for a little bit of time um, before I met Joe, uh, at other entities, I had to submit to what I wanted to write about and hope that it would get approved. And that would usually take about three or four hours. And then by that time, my zeal for the topic had moved on and I wanted to be able to have creative control. So therefore, I, I thought how I can give this to others. They can come up with the topic. And when they build a rapport with me, I'm just going to let them run. I'll go in there and edit it and make sure that uh, what they've written is appropriate and grammatically sound. I'll assign a picture to the article and a catchy headline and well, we're good to go. So uh, Joe built that website. It's been off and running for about six weeks. Conveniently, it started like three days before free agency hit. So it was perfect timing there. Yeah. And I, I think that our, our folks love the flexibility uh, of it. And it's, it's cool because it's, it's men and women, all ages, all colors. Uh, some of them are in college who do it, you know, when they're done with their homework and all that. And I can always tell when there's a lull in people's lives because they start rapid fire sending over articles, which I'm, I'm here all about. But I do have to hop off in a few minutes. So I presume you guys are going to talk about the draft. I don't know if I'll be on before the draft again, but I do firmly believe that Rick Spielman will trade the 14th pick about between four three or about four and eight spots backward. Um, and then that'll get back into the second round for, to make, to make amends for the Yannick and Gonkwe trade. And then the Vikings will take whichever trenchman offensive line or defensive line is best available and go forth. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because Spielman is absolutely impeccable in the second round. He, uh, since he took over the big job in 2012, uh, he's never had a miss. He's had, you know, players that are decent, like Mackenzie Alexander, but the rest of them um, are Dalvin Cooks, Brian O'Neill's, Eric Kendricks. Uh, it just speaks for itself. So I think he, if I know that, he should know that. And I believe that they will trade the pick, which most people think, and then they'll have picks in all rounds besides the, the seventh, which was stripped. What do you guys think? Gosh. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised either if the Vikings trade down from that 14 spot. Um, it makes a lot of sense, uh, especially given the talent in that first round of the draft this year. Uh, I think it, later in the round, a lot of offensive linemen are going to start to go. And that's obviously a need that the Vikings have. I think Elijah Vera Tucker is a really interesting prospect that the Vikings could end up taking if they end up trading out of 14. Uh and, I mean, even if they stay at 14, like, there's going to be plenty of guys there that you could argue have plenty of value uh, along the offensive line. Um, so, yeah, I think trading out of that spot is a really great move for them. Yeah, I've I've always hoped that's what they would do, um, you know, throughout the, uh, the the mocks, especially the national mocks, saying, well, the Vikings might trade up to nine to get Sewell or something. They're not going to do that. Uh, we all know that Spielman loves – trading down in general and amassing a ton of picks. Uh, we all also know that offensive guards don't usually end up being taken at 14 or anywhere near that unless there's some sort of like, you know, Steve Hutchinson level guaranteed stud. So I think it makes a lot of sense to to do that if you're looking to, sh- especially to shore up the interior of uh, the offensive line. Uh, and so that would that 
it would make me happy. You know, the last thing I want is, you know, Dustin, I think you covered, uh, I want to double check it, it was it, that it was you, but uh, this quote, the quote from Zimmer that was uh, remind, someone reminded everybody of on Purple PTSD the other day, uh, the, um, basically, Zimmer saying, they, courtesy of uh, free agency, now we can take the best player available in the draft, and it's like, oh no. Because the best player available in Zimmer's mind is always going to be a corner. It, it, it wouldn't matter uh, if we had a jugs machine at quarterback and and seven first rounders at, at the position. He could find a way to justify drafting another corner. And so, I wanted to actually ask Josh about uh, his thoughts on the best player available uh, philosophy of of team building through the draft. But no, I couldn't. I I actually uh, agree with you. Uh, both of you guys, that I think that's what they should do and, and what they're going to do, um, but we shall see. I don't know. I, I have, I'm very, very worried about this draft, um, and it raises a lot of interesting questions, and, and uh, before I get into that, I wanted to thank you, Dustin, for stopping by, and uh, to remind people to check out Dustin's amazing uh, Believe in Vikings podcast that he hosts with... Mr. Bryant McKinney, that gets posted on our site, um, vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com every Wednesday. He also does an NFL Trend Zone podcast you can find there as well, uh, or for podcast page, you can find uh, whichever platform that it's on and, and subscribe to it there. But uh, thanks again to the machine. Absolutely. And in parting, when... Uh... When we hear it allows them to take the best player available, I think most of us would think, well, that means Micah Parsons or Devonta Smith or Trey Lance if they fall. Well, yes, I agree that, that would probably be their version of it when it would be a corner um, or something that makes leave you scratch your head. But in their defense, and then I promise I'll get off here, they uh, they haven't they don't really do a lot of weird things. Uh, a lot of the Raiders or forgetting to make the pick 15 years ago. They're pretty good about being uh, competent. So, all right, gentlemen, take it easy. Later, man. See you, Dustin. Where do you fall on that philosophy of best player available versus player of need? You know, I do feel that it is even (sighs) the best way to ask this, I guess it's just to explain where my brain is on it. I don't know if there's, obviously it varies from team to team and year to year, but I don't know like specifically if there's ever been a full seven round draft where a team has specifically taken best player available at every single spot. It's also kind of hard to determine the variables going into that and and what what the thought process is, but I've never been a really big fan of best player available unless you have a situation in which, um, let's say the 2019 Vikings roster on defense was stacked almost at every single position. The offense had talent everywhere, save for the offensive line. So let's say the offensive line was stacked too. Then you could say, okay, let's take best player available, whatever it may be, because we just have so much depth and quality everywhere else that it's kind of, why not get, have the riches get richer? Um, but when it comes to a team like the Vikings that has had just this Achilles heel for as long as I can re- remember, at least as long as I've been covering the team uh, for Purple PTSD Vikings territory, I I get a little miffed when it's just like, you know, 
it's the same thing over and over again. And granted, they have used some higher picks on Garrett Bradbury, Brian O'Neill, um, but I don't know if they're identifying talent the right way for, for what makes a good pro offensive lineman. Uh, I don't know, but I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of the best player available situation, especially when it comes to the Vikings, I guess is my point. Yeah, I tend to agree with that as well. Um, I think a lot of, most of the the team needs to definitely draft by need. Um, I think the Vikings fall under that category this year, obviously. Um, I will say like, if, if it's a guy that you know is going to be a great NFL talent, I say throw the need out the window. Like, for example, if Kyle Pitts is available at 14, I think the Vikings need to throw need out the window and just take him because he's about as sure a thing at tight end as you're going to get in this draft. And I think he's an all-pro talent at, at some point in his career. And I think he's a guy that comes in on day one and just immediately makes an impact for your team. Um, you, so in that um, case, who would you compare him to in the league? Um, I think, honestly... Travis Kelsey is a really good comp, but I, because his blocking ability, it's not great yet, but it's still something that he's able to do at least yep. um, in bits and pieces here. But he's just such a dynamic receiver, and I think he can add so much to an offense immediately. I actually really love take and that pick. Um, obviously, I still would take a plug and play offensive lineman, but there's a lot historically in terms of identifying offensive linemen that aren't, haven't panned out uh, for this team that I, I am still a little reticent. I don't know. I just feel like, a, you know, they kind of get lost in the, the definition of what makes a good zone blocking offensive lineman it also includes the ability to win one-on-one battles and push guys off the ball. And it doesn't seem like our guys do a lot of that. And that they're, they're their footwork is sloppy. Their, their the vision on the field is bad, um, so on and so forth. And so, you know, I'm not super bullish on whoever they end up taking into this system, working out. I mean, I I, I wish they would just bring Josh Klein back, uh, but as a Cleveland at least left guard, and then maybe draft a left tackle. Um, but there's just a lot of issues there from the, from the different either NFL offensive line coaches or former players, some that played under Zimmer, some that didn't, who have all given me similar feedback that essentially there's a lot of talent on the line, but they just seem lost and uncoached. Um, and so that's a concern. So to mitigate that issue, I've been talking a lot the last few weeks on Bob Sansevier's show, the BS show every Monday, and he's really enamored with the top three receivers, and he thinks that the Vikings should take you know, one of those guys, namely Smith, because then you would have this trio of receivers that you can dump the ball off to and, and they can just create, you know, from any level of the field. Um, from a, looking at a tight end position, though, I think you know, Ursula Jr. <clears throat> showed some flashes of greatness this, this last season. He got some, some good grab, but I don't necessarily think he's come out looking like, you know, a super, like, you know, TAT1 fantasy football stud yet. Um, as everyone knows, the uh, Kubiak system is predicated on two tight ends, but that doesn't always mean, or it's actually never really rarely meant that two tight ends get any number of balls that you can really quantify into anything. Uh, they're just right, yeah. for blocking and stuff. So I think if you can lock in a guy that, that 
even be a poor man's Kelsey could be huge for a team that just lost a guy in Kyle Rudolph who was basically automatic in the end zone. Um, I, I, I think that you can make a lot worse moves than that, and I, I like that move. Yeah, exactly. Like And like you said, it'd be a really great end, a red zone target because I get why people would like to see a wide receiver in that pick uh, if one does fall like Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, somebody like that. But yep. I just don't think that they're the immediate red zone target that Kyle Pitts is. Like mm-hmm. we saw all last year and the years prior that he is just an absolute monster, especially down in that area. And like you said, no Kyle Rudolph anymore. Those targets are going to be up for grabs for a lot of the year. So it's going to be up to somebody to step up and take them. Yeah. And like, uh, Cousins is uh, red zone and infrared zone stats these last couple of years are like insane. Like 36 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, not all of that is, is Kyle Rudolph, obviously, but I think that's a really good point. That's a kind of a glaring omission that a lot of people are overlooking when it comes to the state of the roster right now. Granted, you know, Adam Thielen <clears throat> turned into uh, Chris Carter junior with you know all he does is catch touchdowns this last season um, yeah you know, he's gonna be more of that this year but it is a, that's a really good pick i really i really do like that one and and you know it, i i really feel like to be honest with you man like the defense depending on what, what happens with daniel hunter it will be better um Absolutely. The, Glad, the gladney thing uh, sucks, but it isn't as bad as maybe uh, you know losing Dancer would have been, or some someone else. They have s- at least some mitigation there with you know Patrick Peterson uh, uh, coming in and, and being thirty years old. Um, I'm sure they'll find a corner at some point before the fourth round. Um, Mike Hughes might be able to come back healthy and actually earn uh, an extension or something, but. Here is fifth year deal, um, but I always felt that this team to actually become a legitimate contender needs to put together an elite offense, and I feel like if they're able to just put together a mediocre offensive line that can pass protect a little bit, I mean, look how close they were to being an elite unit last year after the bye. I mean, it was almost by design that they weren't because they. You know, there were games where they did throw a ball over 20 yards into like the 38th, 39th minute. Um, they they really wanted to control the clock and dink and dunk and have these 10 to 12 play drives. So the other the opposing teams' offenses were, were on the sidelines. And you would think getting these guys back healthy and then some of the pieces they picked up free agency that won't necessarily be the case as much. I know Zimmer's very risk averse anyway, so I, I don't expect him to come out like the you know the greatest show on turf or anything, but. This <laughs> offense is is ready to be elite right now, and that's raised an interesting question that I'm working on on an article about that'll probably be ready at some point tonight or tomorrow. But a lot of people are, you know, fed mocks where Justin Fields or Trey Lance might fall to 14, and then what do you do as as Zimmer and Spielman, and what would the fan base do? And I, I want to get your opinion on that, but I do think that the, the, the argument that I have that they would trade down there or you know take a, a, another player if they felt that player wouldn't be uh, available, depending on who they'd be trading with, um, is that I think Zimmer 
maybe Spielman are cognizant enough of their job security, let's say, right now, to know that they can't draft a quarterback to sit on the bench for a year because they need to win and make the, at least make the playoffs this year. And that you could do both, or you could say, look, I got this young stud quarterback of the future, just give me more time. But I think that Zimmer's been given more time, and there's been uh, rate of return has gotten worse. Um, so I think they would make a more, I don't want to call it a selfish move, because I think it would be better for the franchise, because I don't think Cousins is the problem. Um, but I don't see them making a uh, move in the first round that doesn't immediately impact the twenty the twenty twenty one team on the field, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, not only does it not affect twenty twenty one, and like Spielman and Zimmer might be out of a job by the time that Fields actually took the took up uh, the offense, uh, the range of the offense. Um, but I mean, I feel like we know enough to this point that they trust Cousins. They wouldn't have given him that extension if they didn't believe that he was a good enough quarterback to get the job done. So I don't I don't think there's really any world where the Vikings are thinking, oh, let's wait and see if Fields falls. Then we can snag him with that first-round pick. That's That just feels like a waste of a pick when you need to win right now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and it, I mean, it does... It's very Vikings-y, though, because you know, he could end up being one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, and just the timing is the timing is never right for the Vikings to land these young quarterbacks when they <laughs> need them. You know, it's just either we're not bad enough to get them, or it just isn't in the cards when it when it happens. Uh, I mean, I know we kind of talked about this before, but what what are your thoughts on for those who who didn't listen? Uh, Last time on on fields uh, versus like Lance. I mean, would you put after Lawrence? How would you stack up the these other other quarterbacks? Uh, the BYU so guys? right so right now, I think I'd go Fields number two, uh, just because he's. I feel like he's proven enough at this point at Ohio State and in big games that he's a he's a good quarterback going into this draft. Uh, and then I'd actually I think I'd put Lance at three right now i know he's not super uh proven or anything like he played 17 games in college and he played in fcs competition so i mean but there's also something to be said about him going 16-0 and running through that competition that he actually had to play against um and i mean he was super accurate at north dakota state uh he's a great dual threat in the pocket he's something that a lot of NFL teams look for the quarterback position nowadays, and it's easy to make a scheme around that. Uh, so I honestly, I'd put him above both Wilson and Jones at this point. Uh, obviously, it may depend on what sort of system that Jones and uh, Wilson find themselves in, and they could prove to be better pros uh, more down the line. But as of right now, I'd take Lance. Yeah. I would do. But you would get all the... Well, that's a downside, though. North Dakota people flood the state. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm cool. I'm, just, I'm, I'm kidding. Because we're on air in Fargo, so there goes our uh, billboard, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just... It's it's going to be an interesting draft. I'm, 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 I'm incredibly... 
incredibly nervous about it. Um, you know, I, I I don't really know what's going to happen, and I, I think it surprises most people uh, that I don't know typically. I mean, I always find it kind of funny where like you have a guy like uh, Mel Kiper or I forget the name of the guy from NFL Network that does it. Um, and they'll sit there and they'll go on and on like the four minutes and say like they're definitely, definitely going to be taking Mac Jones with this pick. And then it'll be like, and with the third pick, San Francisco takes Justin Fields. And then it's like, <laughs> well, now it's Mac Jones. And then all of a sudden it's someone, you know, it's like they're so adamant and then they're wrong and then they just wash their hands of it. It's actually good comedy if you watch it because you can, you can see the sweat beads get bigger as the show goes on. Um, but you did a, uh, something that's very brave, in my opinion, a uh, recent three-round mock draft. Um, I think you've only posted the first round, though. Or I posted the, the second, second round, round this morning. Too. Okay. So, yeah. with a, if you want to give a couple spoilers away, um, what did you find, let's say from a Vikings perspective, where did you end up? I, 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 uh, I will say as a hint, if... I'm obviously all offensive line, right? But I'm also, yeah. as I've said on every show, and I have to, uh, so my dad doesn't hit me with a switch, um, <laughs> a big Big Ten guy. And so if there's any move that would make some sense to me, it'd be an edge player. And if that edge player came from the Big Ten, I would be ecstatic. And so clearly I'm talking about Quiddy Pay, who a lot of people have linked to the Vikings these low these last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and we kind of touched on that on your last appearance as well. Um, but it looks like he, he ended up kind of falling uh, right to where we need him. Um, do, you, do you really think that the, the Vikings, you know, based off of um, what Dustin said earlier about trading down, do you think if Quiddy Pay is available, they'll, they'll take him? Or would, would that change their mind on trading down? I guess would be a different way to ask since we talked about this last time. Yeah, I mean, I do think that if Pay is there at 14, like, listen, there's going to be a ton of guys that fall out of the top 10 that we're saying are going to go in the top 10 just because the sheer number of the guys that we're saying are going to go that high. Um, so if Pay does fall that far, I feel like they will stay put and just take him because they just have a lot of other draft picks to work with. And who knows, they can still package some of those later rounds to get into the second and third round again. So it's not like they're going to be wasting all these picks on non-quality players. So it, I'll just say the draft's not going to be over after night one. Like, it, even if they don't fix the offensive line night one, there's still plenty of time for them to do so later on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this draft, and I... Seeing Wyatt Davis uh, at 23, that would uh, that, that'd be that a good pickup. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would make me want to trade down and, and grab him. Um, you know, I think I don't know how, how, how good do you think he is. I'm I'm really bullish on him. I just get the sense that you could just you know plug him in and then you'd be set for the next 10 years and not really have to worry about it. Um, you know. Like a Neo Steve Hutchinson situation. I know he had some semblance of an injury, but that seems to be a non-factor. Um... Yeah, I mean, 
I like you, I'm pretty high on especially offensive linemen coming out of the Big Ten because they're just really big guys that have born and raised in the mid born and raised in the Midwest. They drink their milk every day. So yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna they're gonna be quality NFL players. Um so I think Wyatt Davis is gonna be at least one of the top guards to come out of this draft. And I mean, it would be a great move for the Vikings to do it. Um but Am I convinced that that's actually something that they're looking at doing right now? Uh, recent history might say no. Yeah. Yeah. My, that was a sigh of part of my will to live just left my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think a lot, of, a lot of people in Minnesota are probably feeling that right now. <laughs> you know, I would love – I would love uh, – Rashawn Slater. I feel like his stock just keeps going up um, every time I check. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, but you have Kyle Pitts going sixth. So, um, if he were to fall to 14, um, I could totally see. The Vikings need one of those sort of new age tight ends that are just like really, really big wide receivers, you know, that, that can do everything and that can mm-hmm. create separation. I mean, Kyle Rudolph caught 80% of the balls he threw his way, but he... He's just not, not a super athletic guy. <laughs> no, he just plotted along like he was 70 years old. Um, and, you know, and it would have been fine maybe if he broke tackles, but, you know, he tried that earlier in his career and he got injured all the time, so he would, you know, someone would blow on him and he'd just go down, so it's kind of the worst of both worlds outside of, you know, he had spectacular hands. Um, kind of opens up the, the second round of your your mock, and I'm assuming that you, unless you had the Vikings trade in somehow, that they weren't. No, I didn't have them in the second, no. That's a... Uh, that's a brave thing to do. It's the most realistic thing to do. Also, um, I, you know, I want to look at then <clears throat> your take on Rashad Bateman, um, who obviously a lot of people around the state of Minnesota are, are looking at, and uh, some people thought would be a first round pick. You know, when he uh, a year ago. Um, I know you kind of positioned it that way uh, in that if he were to fall so I think like 35 or 36 because Miami I think uh, it would be a a steal Um, where do you what are your thoughts on Bateman um, in general and as he compares to some of these other uh, uh, wide receivers that we talked about earlier yeah so Obviously, his 2020 season wasn't that great, um, but and I think he he saw a lot of his stock fall after the the immediate after effects of that season. But I think people started looking at the old tape again, 2018, 2019, and they started to come back around and realize, hey, this guy's got a lot of talent. Like he didn't he didn't show it all the time in 2020. Uh, he had a few lack of focus drops, um, but. The dude's still a really good receiver. I don't think he's quite to the talent of like the top tier, like Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, uh, Jamar Chase, any of those guys. But I do think he's in that next group of guys that are going to go in the late first round, early second. That are again are going to step into a team as either a wide receiver two or a slot receiver and just 
catch the ball, make an impact on the team. Yeah. A lot of people have been pointing to uh, the aforementioned receivers with the Vikings, you know, snagging one of them in the first round. I've always thought, like, well, if they wanted to trade down, pick up Bateman just for the jersey potential by itself, uh, and then, you know, shore up the offensive line or or do something, I I would be all about that. Um, I don't know. That would I be still, fun. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely I, I, sell out the stadium. Do you have? Do you feel like we are going to have some semblance of what's going on with Daniil Hunter before the draft? Or I mean, I guess if we did it before the draft, we would know for sure after the draft, based on some um, of the moves they're making. But I feel like unless I miss something. Um, and I've been moving all week, so that's going to be a very strong possibility. It just seems like there's not a lot there that we've really read or heard about, and it's a little yeah. disconcerting, and it should kind of determine a lot of yeah, things it's, coming up. It's, you know. it's super interesting, because we heard that first report, and then it kind of just died off right away. There hasn't really been anything else, so we're kind of just sitting here hanging, waiting to see what's going to happen. Um I I don't really know if the draft's going to tell us much because, like, they could draft an edge rusher early on, but I feel like they'd do that even if Daniel Hunter was coming back. So yep. I don't know if that's really going to do much to tell uh, what's happening with that situation. I think it'll be closer to training camp before we actually figure out what's actually going on there. Uh, never a dull moment, man. I know, yeah. It's just like... <laughs> Do you remember that that fun like three days before the season started? It was the weekend before the week of the first game, and yeah, that all... was like my first days with you guys. <laughs> yeah, what a great time to join! We all thought, "Oh my God!" In Gakwe, Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, crazy Eric, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Harris. You know, uh, you basically. Two all pros at every, or at least you know, elite guys on each level of your of your defense, and then you had you know uh, some young corners, but you figured you have these pass rushers to help mitigate that, and then it's just that never came to fruition. It just was very. If there's been a blunder in uh, Spielman's operating of this team outside of perhaps hiring Zimmer in general, it was that that trade, and then just moving on from him. Uh, a couple weeks later for less than what you got. I mean, why not just keep him? Uh, yeah, the, the trade away didn't make much sense to me at all. I mean, I'm not going to blame him too much for bringing him in because, I mean, you can't really control the fact that Hunter and Barr both got hurt immediately after that happened. So I, I feel like it still could have been a really great success if those guys had stayed healthy. Um, yeah. The trade away was weird, but, I mean, I guess I get you want to – you're probably not going to re-sign him, so you might as well get whatever draft capital you can get. But don't but... you think if he would have played a little bit longer and he would have had an outsized role on the defense more so than he's had anywhere else, maybe it would have inflated his value a little bit more? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, like, yeah, trading him at that point didn't make much sense. I mean, I think we we're pretty much in agreement there, but yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's very, it's very strange. But uh, point being, um, 
you know, it's going to be an interesting draft. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I have this weird feeling that something weird is going to happen. You know, I just, Oh, me too. Yeah. I don't see what's in front of us as being what's going to be in front of us very, for very long. It, it should make for really, you know, exciting, uh, fodder and content. And so we'll be, um, you know, over on the draft team, especially, uh, we'll, we'll be doing a lot of draft stuff across all of our uh, football sites, you know, FranchiseTag.com, TheDraftTeam.com, PTSD.com, and uh, VikingsTerritory.com. Initially, the hope was that we're developing this app and we're kind of rebranding our parent company to be called Oofta Sports, and it's going to aggregates and be the central location for all of the websites that we have and then partner websites that we work with like Viking Gazette or Viking 61 um, a, or uh, 10K Takes MN who we recently signed up with uh, this week who does a lot of really really good like TikTok and, and YouTube and Twitch stuff that's all sports based and uh, it has a lot of social media features is what I'm getting at when we were hoping to do like a live marathon, five-hour, let's watch the draft together. Everyone can comment as we sit and, uh, on watch it together. You know, me, you, Kirby, uh, special guests. But uh, apparently apps are complicated. And, <laughs> and so it's taking a little bit longer than uh, I initially planned. So it should be ready, uh, I would say, within uh, by June 1st. Um, we're just hammering out some details. But... Uh, every small speed bump actually just is good news and I'll explain it to people once it's here because we're just adding more functionality and integration and it's it's really going to blow people's minds it's it's we're really hoping people like it, it it's it's you look talking about sports reading about sports listening or watching shows about sports it's going to have everything you want it's going to let you talk about them in every way that you like so uh, stay tuned for that uh, but we will be doing a lot of draft team stuff uh, for the draft. That'll kind of be the the figurehead of that, and then we'll be disseminating all of that content through our other websites. And so, uh, definitely, definitely follow Mr. Josh on Twitter at Fried Chicken 05. That's F R E Y E D Chicken 05. You can find the draft team at the underscore draft underscore team on Twitter or just the draft team, all one word on Facebook. You can find me, Mr. Joey Jonderbean, at VTPTSD. Uh, Dustin is at Dust Baker, and he runs FranchiseTag.com, which you can find on Twitter and Facebook as well. But I uh, wanted to thank you again. Mr. Frank did it again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, man, but no, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I, I appreciate your insights. Uh, I really like working with you. I'm really excited to show people all this crazy stuff we're working on. And so let's attack uh, the draft and I'll be the Piper who looks at the camera, very sure of myself and <laughs> chooses a kicker and it's the first round. Nope. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have fun doing that uh, about a week from now. But uh, thanks again for coming on the show, man. 
yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun week. <laughs> yeah, fun. That's the best way to put it. Uh, interesting, fun, uh, potentially disastrous for the team. We shall find out. Uh, thank you to everybody in Detroit Lakes and uh, Fargo for listening to the show. We hope you like it. You can find it on uh, basically every podcast platform known to man uh just type in the the vikings territory breakdown podcast on google and you will find it and uh share it with your friends it would mean a lot to us Alrighty, we will check in with you next week on kdlm sports radio this has been the vikings territory breakdown for the 21st of april Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck or SUV and less repair bills plus free oil changes, free tire rotations and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.